One, two, three. Welcome to Three Song Stories, the podcast that uses musical memories as a device to transport our guests back into stories from their lives. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. Our guest today is Jessica Wisdom. Jessica is Director of Development and Marketing at the Alliance for the Arts in Fort Myers. She says she's passionate about connecting people to the causes they care about and so is drawn to the world of fundraising and development. A self-described strategic thinker by nature, Jessica got a degree in political science at the University of Central Florida and set out into the world to make a difference. She worked in political fundraising for years, including raising large sums of money for President Barack Obama's 2008 and 2012 campaigns, and she worked for other politicians' political campaigns along the way as well. Then with more than a decade of experience in fundraising, development, marketing, strategy, and relationship management, she returned to her hometown of Fort Myers, where she met her amazing husband. Jessica says she took on her role as the Director of Development and Marketing at the Alliance for the Arts because she believes the arts have the power to transform lives and improve the community. She says she's proud to have played a small part in making this part of Florida a great place to live, work, and play. That last bit kind of sounds like grant lingo. I know that because I worked with Jessica for a couple years during my time at the Alliance, sometimes writing grants together, and can say with absolute certainty she is one of the few people I've worked with that is as big a goofball as I am. I therefore look forward greatly to hearing her three song stories. Uh, I called you. <laughs> Grant language. <laughs> oh, wow. You got my number. How's that resonate? <laughs> Perfect. And this uh, is very comfortable, like we were talking about before. Perfect. Right across the right road. Right across the road. <laughs> um, uh, so you got a Barack Obama cell phone number? I don't. I don't. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Oh, okay. I had to ask, you know, uh, you know, how many degrees of separation or whatever. So um, um, politics, what was your first moment or delving into that world? Like what, you know, was it in college? Was it after you got out of college? Like where did, was, how did you get there? It was in college. Um, it was the summer of 2004. I was at UCF and I decided that I couldn't stand what was happening around me any longer. So I went back to school, changed my major to political science. My mom said, that's cute. How do you get a what job What was it before that? then? Uh, it would have been a lot of things. I went to school to be a teacher, oh. English, high school English teacher. That was the first plan. My intro to education teacher was one of the more boring people on earth. So I was dissuaded yeah, from that path. Although I have tons of friends who were teachers oh, and I've thought about going back a billion times. Teacher who turns people off teaching. Yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> um, and then it was cinema studies because I didn't have the chops to actually audition for the film school. Okay. There were a lot of other things in between. Um, so, well, yeah, so I changed. Poly science sounds pretty legit then, yeah, I would think. right, compared to everything <laughs> So I um, – I changed political science. My mom was like, "Okay, cool. How are you going to work in that? That's not a that's not a real career path. <laughs> like, what do you do?" So she took me to uh, the Books a Millionaire that used to be over by uh, over on Forty One, and we ordered or we bought a bunch of books. Is that gone now? I yeah, I think so. Recently. The one different one the than one, the one yeah. down south. I don't yeah, even yeah, remember yeah. what you're talking about. Okay, oh, I'm sorry. talking north. Sorry, yeah, listeners. Sorry. We're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking Fort Myers geography. We've both been here too long. 
Uh, so anyway, so she bought me a book all about how to get a job in fundra- or in, uh, in politics and everything said get an internship. So I got an internship um, in Senator uh, Bill Nelson's constituent services office. That was my first job. Ah, so you started with Nelson. I did. I did. And then uh, he was ramping up his, re- his first re-election campaign which was successful, which was great at that time. And uh, then after that, I was, I was done. I, it, was, it was exhausting. Campaigns are just nonstop. But I kept so you, saying... So you did like five more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> after every single campaign, I said, I'm done. I can't do this. And then I kept doing it. Um, it's addicting, too. It's super fun. It's young people being young and just getting to make decisions and a lot of autonomy. And yeah. it's just super fun. Exhausting. So eventually I had to stop. But at that time, I was like, you know, if President o- if Senator Obama decides to run for president, I would consider going back in. And my boss on Bill Nelson's campaign happened to be the deputy finance director for the entire country for Barack Obama's presidential campaign. So, yeah, he called me and was like, well, guess what? You're doing this. And yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh. So I was hired on the Obama Exploratory Committee. So before he had even announced, I was, I was something in the – teens or 20s of the hires, which was pretty cool. So I was there. I moved to Miami in January 2007 to work on his campaign before he'd actually announced. Does one who works on a campaign like that continue working between that and the next campaign or does the campaign end and then you got to go find something else to do until four years later? Well, for us on that campaign, luckily he won. Right. For my opinion anyway. Um I went to go work for the DNC. So that's, oh, okay. that was where my path went. A lot of other people went into the administration. Um, I had friends who worked for different organ- like different agencies and committees. Some went to the White House. Um, I, before I went to the DNC, I worked at the inauguration, which is a whole beast on an, uh, in and of itself. Understood. Yeah. 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 Um, OK. So now we're back in Fort Myers. We're on 41. <laughs> where, did you, where did you grow up in Fort Myers? I grew up in South Fort Myers. Um, SoFo. I, yeah. You know it. Uh, just south <laughs> of your daughter's high school. OK. Um, we, my parents still live in the same house. They bought it in 83 and they haven't moved and they will never move. And I, that's where I grew up till I like went down, to college. Like the Meyer Lee area? Yeah, just south of, of Meyer. Like they, their, their house backs up to the manor. OK. Yeah. So, uh, so what was music? happening in your house as a kid? What was what oh were your gosh. parents exposing you to? Everything. Uh, like so um, my dad is was in a band when he was younger. He's in a band again now, which is like super fun to go see him play out. Um, we listened to a lot of Motown. On road trips, we'd listen to Patsy Cline. We'd listen to Tom Petty. Um, he'd play a lot of rock music, a lot of Beatles. Um, every, he's obsessed with like obscure one-hit wonders from the 60s. Mm-hmm. So I, what I, I can't name these things because well, they all yeah, exist not, in his yeah. brain. <laughs> but, but there's a lot in there that we all – there's always music playing. Um, what about music playing on instruments? Uh, for me personally? Well, just or, either they were – you know, it was there – were there instruments in your house growing up? Yeah. My dad played the banjo, the guitar, and he plays the bass in his band now. Um, my sister played the drums when she was in high school and she had a band. And they had one song, and it was not good. But she was lovely. Got, <laughs> it was they, a they fun were on time. The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I played the piano. I took piano lessons till about middle school when I realized that I wanted to hang out with my friends more than I wanted to practice. So I stopped doing that, and then I um, I played the trumpet in middle school band at Cypress Middle. Um, 
I think I don't even know how I ended up with the trumpet. I think I just it was like the instrument they needed or something right. like that. Um, but I loved it. It was super fun. Um, then I didn't want to do it in high school, so I stopped doing that too. But I can still kind of do it. And I just inherited an accordion from my husband Joe's grandmother. That that's I've always wanted to learn how to play the accordion, but I'm finding that I have the same affliction that I did with the piano lessons where I don't actually want to practice. You want the goal. Yeah. You just don't want to get to the goal. I just want to be able to just do it. I don't know why that's so hard. Um, I, 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 this is just a crazy aside. So I inherited an accordion for a little while back like in the, the 90s and Chris Kaus, mutual yeah. friend of ours, he can play keyboard. I brought it out to his house and he got up and he figured out how he, he could actually sort of play the accordion instantly. And so what he did was he started to play all these songs at us and he just kept a straight face no matter how hard we laughed. And there's something about Chris Kaus playing the accordion <laughs> with a straight face with you laughing. We were on the floor. Oh, we I were bet. gasped. We were crawling out of the room to get away from I him bet. playing the accordion. <laughs> Anyway, I just had to tell that story. <laughs> well, now I know where to go for lessons. I'll just yeah. take it over there. Well, no, he, I, I, did, I took the accordion away from him. Uh, okay. So um, first music you owned yourself. The first music I owned myself, I think, well, so I the first tape that I remember buying okay. was from a garage sale. It was Weezer's Undone the Sweater song. That was from a... You remember? Yeah. You want to yes. destroy? I'm not yes. Gonna... I remember. <laughs> Richard perked up. Mike's face glazed over. <laughs> the first full-length album tape that I bought was um, Cheryl Crow, the one with All I Want to Do. The, um, Tuesday thing. Night something. Oh, I can't remember what it was actually called, but that was the first full-length one that I bought for myself. Hmm. Um, can you remember a time when you were little... That is like your earliest musical memory. I don't know if this is my earliest musical memory, but this is like the one that like sticks out the most. Um, the fir- Then this is super cliche, but the first time that I heard the Beatles. Oh, yeah? <laughs> it was uh, – I was watching a – There's a re- reason for that. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah, I was wa- it was a rerun of Saturday Night Live and Paul McCartney was the musical guest and he was playing Hey Jude. And I remember – watching it on TV and looking at my dad and being like, who's that? And he's like, oh, my God, this is the best day of my life. (laughs) (laughs) And that was about the time of anthology. So so we watched all the anthology movies or whatever. I don't even documentaries, whatever Mm -hmm. those were. And he, yeah, gave me, showed me all the records that he had. And we just led into a whole thing. Mm. Still listen to the Beatles today? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. It is time for song number one. Oh, okay. Here we go. So uh, how would you like to proceed? Um, I'll talk a little bit and then play it. That sounds sounds good good to me. (laughs) (laughs) So song number – do I introduce the song? Uh, uh, Sure. Yeah, let's go for this. All right. Let's just do it. Uh, So my first song is Sitting on the Dock of the Bay by Otis Redding. Uh Uh, I picked this song because – actually – this is an earlier memory than the Beatles one. I don't know why the Beatles one popped into my head because the story is – You were saving this yes, for apparently. the story. Yes, apparently. Um, uh, we used – so my grandparents retired here in 82 or something like that. My parents followed in 83. Um, and we – when I was born, I was born in 84, we used to go to a place called the Fish House on Fort Myers Beach. And it's where Senor Tequila's is now if you're <laughs> if you're wondering where all this took place. Um, and – I just remember being a kid and we would – me and my sister and our cousins would play with the little plastic straws from our Shirley Temples and, you mm-hmm. know, 
joust and all these things with it and honestly stab the <laughs> stab the booth with that, which I'm sure the restaurant loved. Um, and we would – this song was kind of always playing in the back because it's – for whatever reason, even though the lyrics don't necessarily match up, the tone of it matches up to like a ubiquitous, beachy kind of song. Um, and it just – my mom has told me in – like things that she's filled in for me was when I was baby, we were going there and the server would pick me up and walk me around the restaurant while they got to eat and have a moment of peace. And that, that woman ended up being my kindergarten teacher. Her name was Miss Kruger at hmm. Heights Elementary. Um, yeah. So sitting on the dock of the bay, one of my earliest song memories. Uh, little baby. And I can, you know, it's so <laughs> funny when you talked about poking the thing, yeah. I can hear the sound that would make. <laughs> It would be so gratifying as a child. Uh, Sitting on the Dock of the Bay, Otis Redding, uh, recorded in 1967. I like your chair dancing. (laughs) (laughs) That is my favorite song of all time, too. Yeah? I love that song. There's just something about that song. It's just so good. Yeah. And um, I didn't know this. My dad told me this when I was telling him that I was coming on here. But um, Otis Redding died 10 days after he recorded that song. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is tragic because it was like his only number one hit that he ever had. And he was influenced a lot by the Beatles, which was interesting too. And that was after he recorded it, yes. not after no. he released it. Right. So they actually – no... his producer – again, and now I know all these things from my <laughs> – uh, his producer was contacted the day he died and rushed back by the studio to finish the song because they wanted to have a, a song to release because he had died. Wow. Which is like – It's that song. Yeah, it's that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of something in that song, and that I kind know, of explains so it, baby, you know? It's so good. When was the last time you listened to it? Well, <laughs> preparing for this, a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I don't know. I probably listened to it, you know, five, six times a, a, a year or something like that. Yeah. I, mean, I just love it. I just I just – everything about it is just so smooth and so good. Um, how do you listen to your music these days? How do you guys listen to your music? Like, what's the household music scene like? Is it? We mostly yell at Alexa over each other for what we want to hear. And I listen to actually, I I listen to a lot on on Amazon on the app on my phone too when I'm at the gym and stuff. Um, But this is kind of preparing for this has kind of got me back into my iTunes and like my albums, and I even popped open my computer from my 20s and started we're st- listening. We're still not getting to CD cases, though, are we? No, okay. not yet. I kept waiting. You <laughs> I do have my giant, what is it, casemate still of like 300 CDs. Do you? Yeah, my mom finally was like, you have to take this. Did you at any point import all that into your iTunes? Or did no. you build up your iTunes from scratch a 99 cents at a time? 99 cents at a time. Some of it I imported and made like my own little mixes yeah. and stuff. You should go back and look through your CDs. I should. You'd be surprised. There's some obscure college stuff in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, when was the last time you bought music that had a physical form then? Long time? You guys have vinyl at all? It seems like We have a Joe lot might, of vinyl, so you yeah. you do have vinyl, okay. Yeah, we have a, I, um, I don't know when the last time, well, he, he's purchased it because we go to record stores when we travel, um, but uh, I don't know that, I don't know the last time that I bought a record or anything in a physical form, but yeah, we have a lot of vinyl at the house. I inherited a lot of my, all, almost all my parents, actually all my parents' vinyl because they don't even have a record player anymore. And he is a DJ, so he's got. Is that I mean, what most of the vinyls getting used for? DJ, yeah, he's getting back into it a little bit, I but he, he mostly does digital stuff now. He uses his USB a lot. Do you have a record player where you can be like, "Hey Alexa, play a record"? 
No, but I'm somebody should Google that, that on right? the way out of here. <laughs> I was just thinking that. I'm yeah, like, you my could, eyes you, lit up. Yeah, you could you could hook it up to a smart. Uh, oh. Outlet like my my in laws have on or um, off, basically yeah but if it's set up to play like they have a jukebox and it's connected to a, a smart um, a smart outlet so they can say like hey Alexa play the jukebox and it'll just That's it'll cool. just start up and whatever song they've got queued up will play it's cool. super cool that they have a jukebox too now I want a jukebox yeah. <laughs> I, it's cool. <laughs> Super cool. A couple more generations, Alexa's going to be walking over there, putting the needle down with its little hand. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so how much did your music and Joe's music align when you first interacted with each other's lives? A lot. A the lot. Only a lot of alignment. Part, yeah, the only part that it diverges is that he really, like, I don't, I'm going to mess up all the words because there's different words, but it's all, to me, it's all techno. I'm not particularly into that, but everything else that he that he likes, I'm into. He listens to a lot of uh, Tab Benoit, who's like a New Orleans um, jazz rock guy, and he listens to a lot of Motown, too. His mom brought him up listening to a lot of that, and his family listens to great music. So the only place we diverged was <laughs> techno, and he's tried, and there's some stuff I like, and there's... It's like electronic music in yeah, general, basically? Yeah, yeah. Is that a lot of what he does when he's DJing? It just depends on... The, he, the crowd, yeah, on the crowd, the, yeah. Because he's he's, he's he's DJed at the Alliance a couple of times, and he'll play like, you know, dancey kind of, but like more like seventies, eighties songs with me with words, right? Not so much the techno stuff. But he just played at the Hotel Indigo a couple of weeks ago, and he, it was a techno or a electronic party. So he do you ever it. set it up all at the house and just like DJ to he you? He doesn't. I keep trying <laughs> to tell him to at least to practice and have fun, have his buddies over. Yeah. But we're getting there. Okay. Um, uh, uh, what song did y'all dance to at your first wedding? Our first wedding? What was the first song you danced to at your wedding? Uh, we danced to <laughs> I Hear a Symphony by the Supremes, um, going back to the Motown roots. But the song I walked down the aisle to was Melt With You. Um, that was that, that was that was hard to not put in here, but there's not really a good story. It's just that hmm. that was the song, like that, the original version song. of that song. Mm-hmm. You walked down. We the had aisle. a friend's friend's parents sing it. They clipped out the first part, but yeah, they sang it. Oh, as, so it was being so. Aisle. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah, it was super cool. Hmm. Um, wait, wait. As in, I'll stop the world and yeah. melt with you. Because yeah. that's that's that song that Rob Preston. His sister, one of our guests. Oh yeah, his, played it on repeat his, for like a five-hour road trip. His sister took a a, a ninety or a one twenty cassette tape, recorded the song over and like just straight back to back, both sides, and they went on a four-hour road trip. You know, as a family, and she just she just put it in. Oh and, my god! Yeah, so he can't hear it. He can't listen to that song. Can't do it. I, still, no. I, I sometimes text him videos if I'm in a store and it's playing. It's like Rick rolling. Him. I love it. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. Um. You remember when I showed up at your house on Halloween dressed as my evil cousin Rick oh, yes, and I were, yes. nobody knew who I was because I yes. had shaved and put Everyone on a was suit. Like, Whose friend is that? <laughs> <laughs> who invited that guy? That was one of my favorite Halloween so moments. Fun. Joe comes walking up to me and he's like, "What's um, up?" Hi. He kind of gives me this like, "What's up?" Like, like kind of you know challenging my, right, you know, yeah. am I allowed to be there? And I said, "It's Mike." He goes, "Oh my god." <laughs> That was our engagement party. That was it. Was a Halloween. Yeah, engagement it was Halloween party. Well, engagement okay, party. Okay, I was going to say because I was dressed lot, up. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I didn't misremember that part. 
You were the only one dressed up, Mike. It was super weird. We keep oh, talking about it. That is so great. Um, uh, karaoke. You seem like you'd be all down with oh, karaoke. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't go that often, but um, when I do, like, I used to, oh my gosh. We used to go a lot um, when I was in college. And the key is to play something or to sing something that everybody knows. So you get everybody Make it singing. Make a sing-along. Yes, yeah, so you can drown out my horrible singing and let other people be the star. What would be an example of that? What would be your go-to if you wanted to try to drum oh. up that kind of energy? What is the name? Oh, I did, um, well, so the most, the one that was popping to mind is I did American Pie. But apparently they put on the extended version. Ah. So around minute like five, I was like, wow, when is this going to end? <laughs> I finally just was like, I'm done and just walked off. <laughs> oh, I can see that. I need the radio edit. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Uh, speaking of radio edits. Oh, boy. Um, your next song um, is everybody Backstreet's Back you by the Backstreet it. Boys, yes. and I got the extended version. Oh, great. Oh, well, I can, I'll get up and do the dance for you if you want. <laughs> so uh, let's move on to that song. Why okay. is it here? What why, are we going to do? Why am I torturing everybody with this? <laughs> It'll be the first so, time I've heard this song. What? Oh, yeah. That's not possible. I mean, it may have hit my ears you at some point. You had a radio in 98. Yeah, well, I certainly <laughs> wasn't listening to this. <laughs> so what is it? So... Um, this is ridiculous, but the Backstreet Boys, this is so stupid, but they really do have, did have like a huge influence on my life. That's such a stupid thing coming out of my mouth. I'm like so embarrassed. But like. You can do it. <laughs> they're the reason. Shut up. You're, they're the reason <laughs> I'm here today. <laughs> Whatever. They are the reason that me and my two best friends are best friends. Uh-huh. Like, and because um, in ninth grade at Cypress High, um, my friend Lindsay and I, who's my middle school friend, were talking about going to see the Backstreet Boys in Tampa. And my future best friend, Jill, uh, fl- flung around in her chair and was like, are you guys talking about the Backstreet Boys? And we were like, no, we don't know what you're talking about. Like, of course not. And she's like, well, I'm going to see them in Tampa. And then... We became like. So you instantly did. Though, we just become you, best friends. But the two of you, 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 the two of you were sort of socially yeah, aware we're like, enough no. to be like, no, yeah. no, oh, no. We, I mean, all through, <laughs> still. Now we don't care, but back then, yes, all the way through high, everybody knew because we were lunatics. But, um, but anyway, so, um, so then a couple days later, I invited Jill to come to lunch with like my little my little crew, you know, and. Uh, she met Nora, who's our other best friend. And the three of us, you're going to love this, are going to see the Backstreet Boys next Friday. Oh, wow. In Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> <laughs> so at 19, in 1997, where were they in their arc of existence? They – so I think they'd already had – they had quit playing games with my heart and As Long As You Love Me had come out. But this one was like the first like – I mean, those were big, I think. I don't even know. I have so no this context. Was, this was everywhere. This was peaking. Yeah. This, this, was peaking yeah. this, this wasn't one, like comeback tour. No, this is, yeah, okay. which is bizarre because it's called Backstreet's Back. And it's like, where did you Well, that's go? what Nobody I was wondering because of the subtitle. <laughs> that's why I was asking this. Exactly. Well, it's, it's the, I can tell you a lot about it's it. It's the name of the album, and it's the second album. So They were that's already they big in that. Europe. If you want me to get into it, I can. They were already big in Europe, so they were back. In Europe, but they it was like new here. I just don't want to talk too much about Backstreet because I'm gonna <laughs> really. The reason my... the reason that Mike doesn't know anything about the Backstreet Boys is because this was in 1997, 
And you know Mike, so he was listening to Moxie Fruvis in 1987. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was listening okay. to Moxie Fruvis and the I should have looked at the timeline of Mike's life before yeah. I made my decisions. I, yeah, I was pretty disconnected. Well, I still remain pretty disconnected from a lot of things. Happily disconnected. I was extremely disconnected in 1998. makes me any cooler, I was going to pick Wernge Regulators as our friend song, but I went with Backstreet instead. You, uh, that was a late edition, that was too. You, so you, you, had to ha- you had to have a come to Backstreet Boys moment. <laughs> <laughs> Where I was ready to I come out this? and tell everybody, <laughs> live my truth. <laughs> okay, well, let's listen to it. Uh, everybody, parentheses, Backstreet's Back, the extended version by the Backstreet oh, the Boys version. from their 1997 album, Backstreet's Back. I know it. <laughs> Certainly the closest we've gotten to an actual dance party between the two studios. Could have had a flash so mob. I have to ask, are, are you original? Are you the only one? Or are you sexual? Maybe all of the above. Like I don't know. That we would all ask each other. As I mean, I was a kid when this came out, so I was like, right. what the hell? I know. Not appropriate for children, but there you have it. <laughs> um... um I'm lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> um, so um, you've said you said you're seeing clumped. I yeah, love it. yeah, yeah. Well, you, so you're seeing them next Friday. Yep. And is it both your friends? Yep. So it's the three of y'all. Yep. So Jill, uh, th- these were my bridesmaids in my wedding too, along with my sister. Uh, Jill lives in Buffalo, New York now, so she's flying down. Nora lives lo- locally. Um, she's bringing her daughter down and she's dropping her daughter off at the grandparents' house and we're wow. road tripping to Fort Lauderdale. Have they been making music all this time or is this like their Backstreet big comeback? Oh. Or is this an actual comeback now? Like where are they at there the was... arc of their life oh, now? God, again, Wikipedia so... says present. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have a new album out. Did they change name people? I mean, is it like like Nudo where they've got different no. Backstreet there was Boys? No, uh, AJ McLean, Howie Duro, Nick Carter, Kevin Robinson, and Brian Littrell. The original it's Kevin t- Richardson, by the way. I mean, Kevin Richardson, yeah. <laughs> I thought you said Robinson. Oh, well, if I did, then I'm so, so sorry, Kevin Richardson. <laughs> we aim for I'm facts. Just, come on, come on. <laughs> um, uh, how many times have you seen them live? Uh, I tried to remember that for you okay good answer Not but i none. do i have no i can't even it was it's been a lot so so it's more than a couple then yeah <laughs> it was super cool when the changeover happened into us when being did you adults. have to stop hiding the fact that you liked them <laughs> i don't ever think I, I don't think i ever hit it that well to be honest okay. i'm pretty sure everybody thought we were the biggest nerds that ever walked the earth but that's okay the we're thing, used to that the thing is is that i mean like the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC at that era were rivals. I mean, you couldn't not. It, it was yeah. they were popular. That they was were, it. They Those were, were the two choices. So popular, <laughs> it made listening to music really easy. <laughs> yeah, everybody liked them. Even people who didn't like them liked them. Um, they, for the record, uh, this year, just a few months ago. Um, they have released an exhibit at the Grammy Museum. Ooh. So like, they've been they're they're established. They're, oh, yeah. You got to put that on your bucket list. Maybe they did a cruise recently too. We tried to talk Jill into that. She wasn't having it, but maybe someday. You ever get to come across any bands because of your politics life? Seems like I was like suddenly oh, yeah. thinking, I'm like, well, you could have possibly wound up in the same place as the Backstreet Boys at some point. I actually, so I did once meet Brian Luttrell here in Fort Myers at the Fort Myers Beach Film Festival. His wife was in a film in like nine, 2002, I think. So that's my only interaction with the Backstreet Boys. But I also hoped that, by the way. 
<laughs> right. I would someday. But no, I got to do a lot of cool stuff when I, uh, with uh, President Obama. We did a we did an event in a private home with James Taylor. Mm. I got to meet him, which was, I mean, insane. Um, I got we did uh, we did this giant concert in Miami with Mark Anthony, which was super cool. I sort of became friends with Emilio Estefan of Gloria and Emilio Estefan when I lived in Miami, which was super cool. Um, what else? I there were tons. Um, John Legend, Alicia Keys. I mean, there were tons. It was you fantastic. Know, you know Neil Volts? Mm-mm. No, no, I don't so know him. Like y'all know each other. Oh, well, connect he, us. He's the guy um, who was one of the main. He's local, and he was one of the main public facing figures for the Amendment Four campaign. Oh, okay. And he did this show recently, and one of his songs was about the final days of the campaign. They got to spend a day with John Legend at an elementary oh, cool. school and all that stuff. Very so, cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, how much time did you get to spend in the presence of President Obama? Over your how arc. much time? I don't know how to measure that, but anytime he would come to Florida during the campaigns, I was there. And if and if you walked up, or he'd Puerto be Rico. like Jessica. Yes, yes. <laughs> 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 to the point, and I and I so these fundraisers and stuff were they were all varied and whatever. So there were different levels for you know different amounts of giving and all that stuff. But I would always try to invite my family because I thought that was like one of the only perks of the job, you know, because I was working so much I never got to see them. So I was like, okay, well, I'll throw you in here. You'll be able to see them. So he got to know my family on top of it. And and I was so embarrassed this one time. He was like, so are we going to see your we're going to see your dad on this trip? And I was like, yeah, (laughs) 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 you're going to Fort Myers tomorrow. You'll see him there. Like, okay, cool. Great. I'll see him there. That's hilarious. (laughs) Um, Confirm a memory for me because it's so freaking crazy that I can't believe it's real. So Lydia and Chris and Emerson, when she was little, got to go meet him and they got a picture and it was like a big thing. And there's a picture of Emerson looking cute and there's Barack Obama. And then like years later, you're working across from me at the Alliance for the Arts and all of a sudden I hear, holy and there's like <laughs> you're in the background of that picture. I am, yes. Years before, fact, yes. That's so. That's a fact. That is a fact. Uh, that was my job. I'd walk around with him and uh, you know take business cards or anything. Any, anybody handled him, handed to him. Um, that was a that was a crazy trip. That was uh, everything had to change at that. It was supposed to be a, a fundraiser in a private room, but it ended up being a, a, a White House official event in the last second. So, and that was at the Harborside Convention Center. Uh, I was, I was at that. Yeah, yeah, I was there at that. I had a thing with, um, Nora, who, anyway, I had a, we had it. we, we were fighting over space at one of the tables oh. to set up our recording equipment with somebody else from NPR National. Gotcha. Um, you got any TV theme songs committed to memory that you'd like to sing for us? Committed to me- the one that pops first and foremost is, da-na-na-na, da-na-na-na, The 90210 theme because it just came back. Oh, I see. I, 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 that's to, that's <laughs> you want the words. Same, that's the same realm as the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, we can educate each other. Uh, words. <laughs> oh, words. Words. I mean, Golden Girls. Thank you for being a friend. I cannot say. Got more than that. <laughs> Travel down the road and, and back, back again. again. <laughs> the heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. <laughs> Thank you, Richard, and people who we don't know. <laughs>
That's why I decided now would be a good time to do that. Perfect. You know, um, uh, do you, do you you say you don't like to sing? You're not. A good singer? Well, I know I, I do like to sing. I'm not a what's good. A, I'm not what's good a favorite at it. song to sing along to? Oh my gosh! Really, anything. My so my 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 dog's name is Rose Nyland from the Golden Girls. She's Betty White's character. Oh, um, didn't know her last name. But her name. nickname is Floof. Which can go into any song where the word you is used. So every single song that comes on is, you know, thank you for being a floof. Like any, <laughs> so any, I will sing every song as long as floof as long is as mentioned. You can use floof in every, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, Richard. that made me, that made me want to do, um, um, <laughs> every uh, every movie make or whatever every breath you take, <laughs> but with I'll be watching floof. We do th- we do that one. We do that one. <laughs> That's in the repertoire. Oh, man. Do <laughs> um, uh, you guys watch uh, movie musicals, Broadway musicals, things oh, like yeah, that? yeah, of course. Yeah, you got a favorite Broadway musical? Um, favorite? Yeah, we saw um, Book of Mormon at Artiste when it came, which is fantastic. Um, Wicked is awesome. I haven't seen or even heard anything from Hamilton because I refuse to until I can actually go and physically see it. Hmm. Um, I know, I know. I'm, I'm like, I, I've tried to avoid it at all costs. Well, I'm the same way. How. I mean, I know what I've overheard other people yeah. singing, but I've never like sought it out and tried to like really I nail can't. it down. I don't want to see yeah. it in the whole, in its yeah. whole, uh, but of course you said, you said movie musicals too, because Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's coming back to the Alliance, right? Yes, it is. Yes. October 12th. Did you ever go see that like back when you were a kid? I did. Yeah, I saw like it college years in college. And stuff like that. Yeah, they did it every. I think every Saturday night at the at um, City Walk at Universal Studios, uh-huh. which was super cool at the movie theater there. Um, so yeah, so when you were at UCF, like they had that stuff. <laughs> Because I was at UCF for a little while, uh-huh. years before that, and they didn't. They didn't have anything didn't, cool like not, that. But well, again, they had like Church Street and stuff like. Yeah. That. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Church Street. That was cool. Uh, yeah. Um, modern mainstream bands that you're currently into. Mm, oh my gosh! Something that would be like on the charts of the broad population. <laughs> <laughs> are you saying not the Backstreet Boys? Because they are on the charts. Current um, <laughs> current top one hundred. Oh my gosh! I don't even honestly. I just I listen to the radio in the car, so I jam. I can't. Nothing is just popping to mind. I mean, when I was at the same time that I'm on the Backstreet Boys track, I was listening to a lot of Green Day, Weezer, Everclear. So there was like that going on, but I don't think any of those bands have. <laughs> so nothing, in a minute. <laughs> nothing modern. You're not listening not to really, the stations no, that are like, playing and. I don't know. Like I like fun. I like. I, mean, I don't even. I think that's even vintage at this point. Like, Who would you say is the the most popular like artist that's still, let's say, touring now that isn't the Backstreet Boys? Um, I really don't even have an answer for you. I don't know. That's fine. I just listen to whatever's on. I don't know that I've downloaded. I don't know. Man, I'm dusty. I need to get back out there. Do you guys listen to the radio any at the house? Like, like at the the, house over the in, air radio? At the house, no, but in the car, yeah. Are you, have you ever come across 93.3 The Tiger? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's a good one. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. I like to proselytize that yeah. through the show because you really have to live somewhere between like I-75 and Colonial. Yeah. And, you know, this little the river. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, Sunday afternoons, Rockman Roberts Classic Radio oh, Hour. Oh, I'll have to check that yeah, out. Then. Two, it's noon to three. Okay. Oh, it's so good. Good. Okay, uh, time for song number three. Okay. Oh, gosh, now I have to remember what it was. <laughs> you can, you can oh, okay. check your notes. Okay. Uh, song number three is Let's Stay Together by Al Green. Huh? Um, we've talked a lot about 
President Obama on here. So uh, I worked for him for a long time. Um, and you may or may not recall that he sang a little bit of this in January of 2012. He was doing a speech at the Apollo and Al Green was there and he sang a little bit of this song. I do recall that now. And that it became, yeah, it was so cool. We were all like, we already thought he, you know, we, those of us who worked for, I mean, I didn't, a lot of other people <laughs> just already thought he was like the coolest ever. And then he did that and we just couldn't even believe it. Um, so it sort of kind of became an anthem for all of us throughout the rest of the campaign. And I chose, there was a ton of, like I said, you know, James Taylor, all these other people that I met. And so it was hard to pick a song from that era. But this one in particular, on election night 2012, we um, we were all in Chicago at the convention center and taking care of our donors. They had like a little room and stuff. So we were making sure everybody was happy and got to say hi to him and all this stuff. And it was super cool. And then after one of our donors, um, one of the campaign donors uh, rented out a bar nearby and the whole fundraising staff, a lot of the senior White House staff, like Valerie Jarrett was there, all these kinds of people. And, uh, and a lot of the donors came and the very last song that the DJ played was this song. And our fundraising team just like all like appeared in the middle of the dance floor. And it really was like the end of a movie or something because we all had our arms around each other and we were listening to the song and swaying back and forth. And um, and it was it was simultaneously awesome because we'd won and we just were over the moon and it just meant the world to all of us. But it also was the end like, this was really the end. Like, the first campaign, there was still, you go to whatever. But this is like, it. Like, after this, everybody kind of went their separate ways. So, this song always makes me think of those people in that time and how wonderful it all was. All right. Let's, let's listen to it. Uh, let's Stay Together by Al Green from his 1972 album of the same. <coughs> <laughs> Nate. Sometimes the alarm goes off while we're listening to songs. Are we sure we don't need to evacuate? We are sure. Okay. This is uh, I'm putting a lot of trust in you. We got it. We got it. We got an email yesterday saying that this could happen at some point. So it's, it's just it's happening during our meep meep meep. <laughs> it's not distracting at all either. So it's awesome. <laughs> oh, I, th- oh, I think it ended. Oh. I think it ended. The soundtrack oh. to our lives. Oh, oh, uh, let's stay together. I could really picture you guys on the dance floor. Yeah, like, yeah, I can see that. It was so that. cool. Yeah. And we went back. Um, we got to go. Joe came with me, and Joe was like number one Obama fan on the planet. So I was always so sad that we met after all of that, all of those times had happened. But we got invited to go to the farewell speech that he did in 2017. Um, after the 16 campaign and he was done. So we went to Chicago and there was a bar again, of course. And he got to meet all the, all of my people and stuff, which was super cool, but it was different. You know, people had kids or were married yeah. and it was just a different vibe. But mm. those times were very cool. We were in our 20s just in the trenches together. It was super fun. You keep up with any of those people, oh, Facebook yeah. and stuff like that oh, yeah. probably? Yep, mm. yep. What was, what was your process for coming down to three songs? Oh, um, I kind of... <clears throat> went like based on eras of life. I don't know. I had, well, actually my first process was making like four sheet, <laughs> just writing every song I could think of, of like, what does this one mean to me? And then I kind of narrowed it down to like, okay, well, I'm going to pick like as a child, as a teenager, as an adult. And, um, sorry. 
Okay, that's my old gym trying to get me to come back. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, And then from there, it was the best stories that I had associated with the songs. Hmm. Was there a fourth that nearly made? Oh, well, I guess we know. (laughs) Well, yeah, but I have a fifth, too. Okay. Well, what was the fourth again? Fourth was Warren G. Regulators. Um, That's another one. Like, it, it literally passed the torch from my middle school life to my high school life because um, my my sister is five years older than me and so she was into everything in the early 90s and she kind of passed that song along to us and my uh, my middle school best friend and I loved that song and then we taught it to Nora and Jill and <laughs> so we now every time we get together I'm sure we'll hear it this weekend a hundred times like yeah 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 um, but number five was the Super Bowl Shuffle by the 1985 Chicago oh, yeah. Bears <laughs> That probably doesn't age real good. <laughs> now that I'm thinking back on it. Probably several levels of not aging well. No, it's terrible. So <laughs> the story there is that my dad, my parents were the um, presidents of the Chicago Bears fan club of Southwest Florida. So I and they used to meet at Flashbacks Bar. Oh, what? Yes. <laughs> shuffling crew shuffling on down do it for you so <laughs> so they used to meet at flashbacks at uh, Metro Mall uh-huh. you remember that place uh-huh. uh, so that's basically where I grew up my mom did not want me to tell that but at flashbacks I did yeah or just at the Metro at the, Mall <laughs> well I kind of wandered around a lot because there was nothing I wasn't yeah. that interested but uh, after a game one time, my dad and all of his friends made a video of that. And oh. it's like a rite of passage in our family. Like, you know you are in with the Clarks when if we show you the video. The video. <laughs> so it's not on YouTube. <laughs> no, not yet. But we keep threatening my dad that it will be We someday. could use it as bonus content for Ooh. this. This could be our big debut. <laughs> We'll even, do a, we'll even do a promoted marketing campaign on Facebook. Target Chicago Bears fans. I'm going to have to clear that through Jim Clark, but he might be all right with it. When, when they made when they made a video, was it, were they doing the same? You know, remember each player had like a oh, little yeah. two lines of rhyming. Yeah. Um, did they do original? No, rhy- they mouthed oh, over. They were pretending to be yeah. other people. Okay, just yeah. checking. But oh, it's dad, a lip sync. Oh, it's a lip sync. That takes it even but it's- back. <laughs> But it's super, like, the video editing is super, like, early 90s where it's, like, flashing and there's, like... Screen wipes. Yes, screen wipes. (laughs) And my dad's got this dangly football helmet earring that my sister pierced his ear in the bathroom to get. (laughs) It's just ridiculous. That's on the record now, too. (laughs) Um, Okay, um, I just want to point out that... Okay. Okay, so your third song, Let's Stay Together, was on an album called Let's Stay Together. Mm -hmm. Your second song was called... It's called Everybody's Back, parentheses, Backstreet's Back, on an album called Backstreet's Back. And your first song was Sitting on the Dock of the Bay, which was released as a single, and then released on an album called Sitting on the Dock of the Bay. So all three of your songs have... The album title in Man, there. Man, I must be really into that. That has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> <laughs> I just Subconsciously, to it. I just like symmetry. I suppose I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I just <laughs> as I was putting it together, I thought, hmm, that's, that's weird. That's different. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite band of all time? Um, favorite band of all time. I would say. I mean, outside of the Beatles. Okay, everybody. Um, second would be. Probably either Weezer or Green Day. 
One of those two. Album you've listened to the most times in your life? Whole full album? Yeah. Listen to it as an album. Probably Green Day American Idiot because I listened to it a Me lot too. when I was canvassing. Really? Yeah. It's, huh. uh, they're not, I mean, I wouldn't say they're my favorite band, but that album front to yeah, back, it's, good. It's, like a, it's like a punk rock yeah. opera. Yeah. Like, and actually, I saw that. And you asked about musicals. I saw, I saw American Idiot on Broadway, which was super cool. Yeah. That was, um, um, they they like consulted mm-hmm. with uh shoot who was the guy did you uh you watched newsroom mike i did so the the guy uh <laughs> i can't remember the the main character's name uh the oh. the younger hold on we're just going to it's a podcast movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's i call him jim because it's if it's the office he's jim <laughs> um you're talking about jim halper from the office no but but oh. in in newsroom the guy who's the young main kind of oh. goofy reporter guy, Jeff Daniels. That's not that's as far as I can go to. <laughs> um, I loved it. I just didn't recognize any of the characters. He's um, oh, his name is Jim Harper. His name is Jim. It's the office. So in in the newsroom, um, Jim, the the young guy in that um. What were we talking about? <laughs> I saw that coming. Well, I, ta- I know, saw I know. What were we American talking about? idiot. I saw that coming. He's, I he's... was like, we're coming up on us. <laughs> Where are we in right now? This all has to stay. No, it can't. Um, <laughs> no, it can't. Um, Jim in the newsroom is um, the main character in in the musical. Oh. Like he's like he plays, I guess Billy Joel or whatever. Oh, like he cool. he sings all of the main like lines there. So he's. He had to learn to sing Green Day and like act it out really with the it. band. Oh wow! Like, to, so that he could get the the pacing of it. Oh wow! Yeah. Very cool. So you've seen the Factoid. guy from the newsroom on stage. Whoa! I didn't even realize. Whoa! Whoa trippy. Um. Uh. What would your fourteen year old self think of who you are today? She would be shocked that I live in Fort Myers, but she'd get it, which is good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be super pumped about my husband Joe and how cool he is, um, and his his family and my in laws they're just fantastic. Um, she'd probably be a little surprised that I work at the Alliance too, not because it's not a great place to work, but because I you, went to summer camp there when you were a little kid. <laughs> she'd probably be like, "People work here? I didn't know that." <laughs> um, and I think she'd just be like overwhelmed with the amount of cool stuff that I got to do in my 20s with working on the campaigns and stuff. Hmm. Do you miss the political world? No. (laughs) (laughs) There's like parts. Like, no, I mean, definitely not like the campaigns, but I really miss the people and like that kind of like tight camaraderie that you have, Um, which, you know, working at the Alliance, you have a little bit of that, but it's, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a small team. People. Hey, what I miss up? you guys. <laughs> I still talk about we, the Alliance people. <laughs> oh, you are the Alliance people. I'm one of them. <laughs> you are. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. But yeah. as a whole, though, that's, you're, you're okay with not doing that kind of stuff. Anymore. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. especially how it is now. I'm not interested. <laughs> I know. Can, can, I mean, the things have changed a lot. Yeah, yeah, in such a short amount of time. Yeah, no. And they I'm weren't great gone. back then, no, probably. They were <laughs> No, I retired from the 2014 cycle, and that was it. I was done. Mm. Okay. Well, we are up at the end of the show here, so can you recommend three people who you're going to recommend this to, get them to listen to it, but who you also think we should pursue as a guest? So the same three people? Different three. Just three different people. Two sets of three people. No, no. 
one, one set one of, set of three. Oh. Both, hey, you, listen to my show. Okay. B, you should be on it. Okay. Well, I've already recommended it a ton, so there's that. You're welcome. And, <laughs> and um, I would say my father-in-law, Dr. Joe Wisdom, one of the founding faculty of FGCU and a doctor, gigantic- Doctor. Doctor, doctor. Yes, <laughs> you know his nickname. <laughs> Giant music fan, as you know. I would love to get he's him a on good this one. show. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's already listened to a couple, so I'm kind of cheating. Um, my dad, no doctor, but Jim Clark. Okay. Um, in a band, music is his whole life. Like that's all he does is watch TV about music and listen to music. So he'd be fascinating to talk to. Um, Barack Obama. <laughs> I mean, if he looks at my social media, maybe. <laughs> uh, I don't know, like uh, everybody on Facebook. <laughs> my husband Joe would be good. He knows a different side of music it's than I do. Um, my sister, everybody. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, are there any songs you'll always avoid? Final question. Ooh, um, I, I don't love Adele. I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion or not, but it's just probably like, just cheer up, you know, like <laughs> everything's not that bad. Um, and I really don't like new, like modern hip hop. It's like my husband calls it mumble rap. Too, I'm not too, a big fan. Too, too country? <laughs> Sometimes, apparently. <laughs> that's the, that's the, that's the most hip, hip relevant music thing Mike has ever said. <laughs> You made a you made an old he country did road it. joke. He did it. I wasn't even sure it was gonna work. <laughs> you nailed it. Uh, nailed it. Stuck uh, the landing. All right. Uh, thank you, Jessica. Yeah. I think I called out the goofball. So <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Uh, any any final thoughts? No, this was super fun. This is really cool. Congratulations. This is super fun. Thanks, guys. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. We make this podcast in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Richard Chinqui is co-creator and producer. Tara Calligan is online content producer. Chris Duffus is executive producer. Our theme song was made by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. For this week's parting tune, we're going back to episode 46 of this show with singer-songwriter Bill Metz, who I first saw perform live on stage in the Folds Theater at the Alliance for the Arts, which he said during his episode is his favorite stage to play on. I was in a tree, and because I'll, I'll, I'll never forget it. I was outside of my friend's house, and you know those two guys are there, and there's a couple of girls around, and that song comes on the radio. And you know how you listen to, you, you know, you can say, I am a rock, and being key, I am an island. But that isn't how the song is being sung. Right. They're blasting it out. They're letting it go. But on the radio and with your friends, you, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. At this particular moment, for some reason, I said, oh, the hell with that. I am opening it. up my mouth and I am singing because the song just moved me so much. And I did. I am surprised myself. You know, when it came to that, it was not a I, choice. It was a happening. It happened. It, right. It was a happening. Everyone stopped. Everyone looked. You could tell it was. They were just blown away. It was like, holy crap, that was Billy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what was he doing? You know, that was like that. And uh, you know, I, it was from that point on, I was singing. Keep listening. 
Next time on Three Song Stories. And this was the most, you know, innocuous music ever. It was Paul Abdul. Dangerous. Right. Yeah, and Michael Jackson, but not even dangerous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. That was a bad joke. Yeah, uh, dad That's jokes a good all, joke. all over the place.